This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and term supply. See McDonald's.com. Homesdale Radio is proudly sponsored by CompleteSigns.co.uk. Complete Signs are a producer of top quality internal and external signs for an ever-expanding portfolio of clients, including hotels, schools, local authorities and small businesses across the nation. Offering a wide range of creative solutions from flat metal nameplates to neon fascia signs and everything in between. Clients are offered the highest standards in consultation and sales support to ensure complete customer satisfaction. With clients free to choose solutions from a wide variety of materials including brass, aluminium, stainless steel, wood and a number of plastics. Covering most of South England with virtual offices in Croydon, Epsom, Hawley, Worcester Park in Surrey, Crowthorne in Berkshire, Regent Street West London, Docklands East London and Crawley and Brighton in Sussex. So if you're looking for the complete professional service for your sign needs, then look no further than Complete Signs. Head to their website, completesigns.co.uk, for further information, including contact details and full office addresses. Live commentary. Uh, ball back with companion centre of the field. I hope he plays a long raking pass. He doesn't. <laughs> it's found Dobby. Oh, again, he's tried to... Have you got a word for those short passes? Well, I've got a word for that short pass, but um, <laughs> I better not say it. Live interviews. Yeah, I think that's where we'll be for, for the foreseeable future. You know, we're working on some interesting things there. And um, I think that redeveloping, redeveloping it bit by bit is probably going to be our best option. Expert analysis. Hello and welcome to a special Homestar Radio mini podcast. My name is Chris Hambling and I'm salivating for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> Well, most of the time, anyway. Homesdale Radio. Good evening, and welcome to Homesdale Radio. My name is Chris Hamlin. I'm your host tonight, bask in the glory of famous Alice Pinkston. And, uh, at a patch of Oh, that's the one. At a patch of Sundry's Where Andy. Anyway, with me tonight is the valuable and butthole, Ben Nagel. Hello. Hello. Hi. Albert Curley. Good evening. Good evening indeed. 
We did, we were due to have Alex White on, but he's been having Wi-Fi issues, so Ben will also be taking all of your contact the contact up. Uh, we'll be dedicating the majority of the show tonight to yesterday's famous win. Jose Mourinho brought the top of the table Chelsea side to sell us off the back of a 6-0 demolition. Tight rivals asked them, despite their boss warning them that Palace at home were a tricky proposition, his team had no answer for a Palace side at the top of their game. Chelsea skipper John Terry scored in his own net the only goal of the game, gifting a deserved win for the boys in red and blue. Uh, as well as all of that, we've got an interview coming up with Adelaide Gediora, recorded moments before the show, ends our slightly late start. And uh, as well as our analysis, we want to hear from you too. Get in touch with Twitter at HOL Radio, Facebook is facebook.com forward slash HOL Radio, or send us an email at radio at homestyle.net. Also visit homestyle.net chat room during the show to talk about the discussion with fellow listeners. That's holradio.net forward slash chat. First up, it's news in brief time. Crystal Palace Football Club would like to remind fans they have just over 24 hours to buy or renew their seats at the lowest possible prices. The early bird deal is set to end at midnight this Monday, tomorrow. Any existing season ticket seats that have not been renewed will be released on general sale after the deadline. Over 9,000 fans have already signed up for next season and there are a number of concession deals and payment plans available. For more information, full details can be found on the official site www.cpfc.co.uk. Palace Academy graduate Johnny Williams continues to impress during his loan spell at Ipswich. Johnny scored the first goal, a 30-yard screamer, in their 2-1 win on Tuesday night and looked lively completing 85 minutes in the 1-1 draw on Saturday. The loan deal is set to expire on Monday, however, Tractor's boss, Manor... <laughs> however, Tractor Boys manager, Mick McCarthy, has already stated his intent to try and convince Palace to extend the deal. We interviewed Johnny last weekend and you can hear that interview on our podcast, either on iTunes, the Eagles RBS app, or on our website at wholeradio.net. Eagles striker Quasi Apire has joined AFC Wimbledon on loan in a bid to help their end-of-season push. The 23-year-old has penned a temporary deal with the League 2 outfit after previously enjoying loan spells at Cambridge United and Notts County this season. Apire has 10 goals to his name so far this season and will look to add to his tally at Kings Meadow. It's good earlier when Ben said tractor bosses. Tractor, tractor boss. bosses, it's good. <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, next week's fixture at Cardiff is now sold out. The 2,200 allocation of away tickets have been snapped up by Palace fans making the trip to the land of the sheep. I can't say that. To Wales. Rumours that the manager's part of a wider guerrilla mission to rescue Wolf Zaha from the local wilderness have been unconfirmed. Hello, boys. Check out our blog, www.wholeradio.net slash blog. Like the radio show, but it's a blog. Um, I'm really not <laughs> too sure what that was all about. It's like, um, yeah, it was a good tune. Yeah, I was enjoying that. Um, all some interesting things have happened today. Um, apologies if you didn't hear my hilarious introduction because of uh, some volume issues. It's unfortunate, but um, we'll move swiftly on from that. Otherwise, Tom will get enraged that I'm drawing attention to it. His shortcomings. Oh, that's, that's not necessarily his fault. I mean, let's blame someone else. I mean... Traditionally, Mikey will blame anything but himself, so I'm sure Tom, being a producer, will, will do the exact same thing. Um, hopefully, it didn't spoil your enjoyment. It was a good, it was a good introduction, though, wasn't it, lads? Fantastic, mate! Yeah, oh. the best you've ever done. 
the best I've ever done. Oh, there's things like uh, I did mess it up a little bit, but I used the phrase "sun drenched Selhurst Park." That was good, wasn't it? I enjoyed that bit. Yeah, very uh, um, very good imagery, isn't it? Yeah, um, I, I described. Um, I said, despite uh, Marino warning that Palace at home are a tricky proposition, his team had no answer to his Palace side at the top of their game. It's amazing, isn't it? I mean, it's like a professional. Ah. Oh. I'll never get it back. I mean, that introduction was good for one game and one game only, and now it's ruined. But how the hell am I going to lift myself from that? <laughs> anyway, it's <laughs> yeah, a good, good idea. Good idea. Well, uh, while I'm trying to sort those out, let's have a quick chat about um, about that game yesterday. Well, we managed to beat the league leaders 1-0. We hadn't beaten Chelsea in the league for 24 years. Uh, I don't think anyone... I, I was told, someone, someone mentioned to me uh, just as I was... Outside the ground, that someone on last week's show predicted a one-nil win for Palace. I can't remember who, who that was. Did, any, did one of us say that? Did I say it? Can't be me. Well, I certainly didn't. Mm, I, I don't remember. On the show, so it can't have been me. No. Tom's trying to claim that I called you Nick as well, Albert. I don't know if that happened. I didn't hear it, but if you if you did, then mm. and I hear it on the podcast, then I'm quitting. Yeah, fair. I mean, I don't blame you, mate. I'll quit first. <laughs> um, yeah, so, yeah, I mean, look, it, anyway, it, it was completely out of the blue, really, uh, out of the blue. They're like, no pun like, intended. No, oh, damn it. But, I mean, you, you watch that game, and it, it's, put it this way, it's the same lineup, isn't it, as Newcastle, and the difference between that performance and, and the performance against Newcastle was just massive, um, and you can you just got to credit the manager and the players for that, for, for just playing with that level of belief and... Um, just the dedication to, to to getting the tactics right and sticking, you know, and, and helping each other out, being a proper team. And Chelsea just did not know what to do about it. We were a constant threat, and you know, ultimately we got what we deserved, which was uh, getting to watch John Terry score against his own team <laughs> in front of the homestead. <laughs> oh, it was brilliant. Anyway, look, uh, the place we usually start. Um, well, we usually start with a, the tackle from behind that Albert does, but he does them so irregularly. But um, I'm well, I'm, listen, I'm on this week, so if I, if I was to do that, I'd have, no, I'd have nothing else to say. That's a fair point. All right, I'll let you off this time. Uh, but usually we talk about the lineup now. Obviously, you know, without the benefit of hindsight, the time the lineup comes out, you're looking at it and Ince is on the bench again. Um, you know, it looked like we were lacking some creativity there. There was no Murray. He had Ledley in behind the striker, which we were all talking about didn't work. And, and personally, I, I didn't see that there'd be any goals. Um, ben, your views? Um, yeah, I was sort of along the same lines. I was a bit worried when I saw the lineup. I wanted Murray in there instead of Jerome. Um, obviously, Pudis has proved that, that the right decision uh, was made when he when he decided on Jerome because he was magnificent. But goals-wise, you know, it's still a worry. Uh, we needed an own goal to score. You know, despite the amount of chances that we were creating, hey. um, so many during the game, um, we still couldn't find the back of the net. And that negativity creep, creep in. I know. I, that is probably the only bit of negativity that I've got in the whole show, though. Yeah, fair do. It's all right. I'll let you off. You're not going to talk uh, about the ref, then? Well, we'll, we'll talk about him a little bit later <laughs> on. And we've got a little bit of a special special moment on that later on. But we'll, we'll, we'll come to that. Uh, your views on the lineup, then. Go on, Albert. Yeah, yeah I, it was the same as you. I was a bit uh, nervous, but I would, I'd have been nervous whatever lineup we'd have put out, to be honest, because, you know, Chelsea have blown away Arsenal. Uh, without much of, it, of, a, of an effort last week um you know but we i thought we'd have to be physical to compete and um you have to give Pulis credit that was probably our most physical you know lineup that we could put out there and it was became quite apparent early on that that's what we were going to do and you know Chelsea looked rattled from quite early on in the game yeah, i think Mourinho called it really well in his post match 
press conference, he said, as you know, as a defensive unit, Chelsea are fine, but the certain players in their, as you know, in their their attacking part of their team that aren't able to cope with, you know, these sort of intimidation and aggression and and just you know, organisation that, that a team such as ourselves has when we you know when we pack players. And it was back it was there. fair. It was you know it wasn't mm-hmm. over the top. You know, t- stereotypical Stoke. You know, bullying people off the ball. It oh was, yeah, exactly. It was f- you know it was firm but fair, and uh, that's nice to see. Uh, ben, yeah, just a quick positive point um, on the starting lineup. If I, you know, I looked at that starting eleven, and if I was to pick the two players out that I potentially wouldn't have had in the starting eleven, it would have been Jerome and Punchin. And mm. for me, coming you know out of the stadium at the end of the game, the two players that I picked out as my men of the match would be Cameron Jerome and Jason Punchin. They were both fantastic. So. Yeah. Uh, don't to- to- me totally agree on that. We'll, we'll have a chat about uh, who we thought the man of the match was later on. But, but I mean, on the on those two, you're, it's exactly right. They're they're two of the most maligned players in the side, uh, and they produced. I mean, to be fair, if you were to look to a negative, you'd you'd say, you know, why can't they play like that every week? But I mean, Cam and Jerome led the line just absolutely brilliantly. I think so much praise went his way and we, you know as much as we moan when people go and abuse players on twitter uh, you know there was a lot of people who you know sought him out on twitter to tell him you know you, you did really really well today you know <laughs> you led the line brilliantly we're proud of you kind of thing and that's that's the nice side of, of things like that and yeah it was, it was really good to see really good to see how positive uh, people were after the game and like i say especially it's fitting when someone puts the shift in that uh, jerome did and that's the other thing about punch and i, I will mention it later no doubt again but uh, he is so much better when he's up properly up for a game, and you can tell because, I mean, very early on in that game, he was chasing down something in Chelsea's left back position, and they passed the ball across the defence. He didn't stop running; he just went all ran all the way across the defence, chasing that ball down into the in, you know into the opposite fullback position. And when a player does that, he's that up for the game. Uh, it does make a huge, huge difference, and it seems to spur him on. And you know, I'm not going to say he, he can only get, up, get himself completely up for for the very, very big games, but. Um, it was it was just nice to see that level of performance from him, and if he could do that every single week, I mean, put it this way, it's no wonder he was Southampton's player of the season if he was if he was doing that playing to that level every week. So it's great to see. So you know, the, the general theme of the, of the lineup <clears throat> was that we were you know we were all concerned and we were all a bit making the same comments we were making against Newcastle. You know, why isn't Glenn Murray playing? Why is Ledley playing in that far forward? And and you know, we were all proved to be. Well, we made made to look idiots, really, because they all performed superbly. And again, Ledley's another one you can mention. In fact, you can mention every single player who played, I think, um, as having one of their best games, if not their best game, in a Palace shirt. But uh, Joe Ledley was immense in that position. Again, got through an awful lot of work. So happy days, happy days with the lineup. But I mean, go, where do we where do we go from there? I mean, obviously that first half. Um, yes, it was a goalless first half, but there were some really key moments in that. And, and it'd be stupid not to start with the. The two penalty shouts, and in my opinion, they were two clear penalties. The the collision on with Jerome, uh, both committed by Gary Cahill. Uh, Cahill doesn't get anywhere near the ball and clatters into Jerome in the area. It's got to be a penalty, otherwise, what else is it? You know, um, and 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 the the ch- tackle on Balassi. That one, when you see it norm, you know, when you see it uh, as it was, and from the usual TV camera angle, when I've watched it on the highlights as well after getting back from the game. You can understand why the ref hasn't given it because it looks like Cahill has put a fantastic challenge in. But when you see that close up in slow motion, he kicks Balassi's back leg into the ball and it's a clear penalty. And Lee Mason's looking right at it and, and has bottled that decision, in my view. Um, uh, guys, let's, let's talk penalties. What do you think, Ben? 
Uh, well, to be honest, uh, looking back at the game, I thought one of them was a penalty. Um, I know you, you think they both were. The you know the first one was slightly contentious for me, but the Balassi one, absolutely one hundred percent, was a penalty. But as Albert's mentioned uh, in in his you know post pre-show comments, uh, it only sort of becomes clear when you look at a replay and from yeah. you know when when you're in the game's in full flow and that happens as a referee. It's, it's such a difficult decision to make. Um, the referee, I thought, had a terrible game. I know we're going to come on to that later. Um, but yeah, such a difficult decision to make. But yeah, absolute stonewall penalty. A uh, different angle on this, um, Albert. Was, um, if it had been up the other end, do you think Lee Mason would have given them? Probably. Um, I, again, we'll go, on, go into more detail on the ref later. But um, just throughout his penalty decisions aside, like I say, I, I, I didn't think the first one was the Jerome one. Uh, but like you know, as Ben's mentioned, the Balassi one is clear, but it's only clear when you see it back. I mean, I screamed for it at the time, like you do, but uh, I, you know, I couldn't tell either way. I'm at the other other end of the pitch. Um, but yeah, if I think if that's a Chelsea player, um, it's yeah, it's going to be a penalty whether 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 they're home or away because you know it's, it's a fact those those decisions do go in favour of the big teams and everything everything across the the pitch, you know, outside the penalty area seems to go in their favour as well. Um, so I think we're lucky that we weren't sort of um, presented with the opportunity to give them a penalty because, sure enough, they would have got it. Yeah, I, I agree with that. They would, they certainly would have done it. It's, it's one of those things, isn't it? It's very odd to see, to see, um, to look back on a game like that where we, where you, you kind of feel we've nicked it one 0 but then you look back at those two penalty decisions and think, all right, if you just want to argue that one of them was sort of a, a genuine, I did burp there. Really, excuse me. What, I should never drink Red Bull before a show. Ruins me. Apologies. <clears throat> so, um, but you know, arguably we should have gone in at least at least a goal to the good at half time. And we, you know, you're looking at that game and you're thinking we actually could have scored two, three, maybe even four goals there legitimately. You know, we've had Jerome hitting in the post. You've had Punch and dragging it wide. You've had Ledley dragging two shots wide. Um, but as as you're sort of hint, hint, hinting out, but things like that can really cost us because we've seen it this season already, particularly against the bigger teams. We have a good 45 minutes and in the second half they change something and a little bit of class shows and, you know, those chances we've missed, you know, you think about the punch and penalty against Tottenham being the, the sort of prime example of that. Though Those are things that if we miss them, we tend to get punished. And this was one of those games where fortunately we were able to step up, step up to an even better level in that second half and we didn't live to sort of rue the, the refereeing errors in my view. Whatever. Yeah, I was going to say that my my immediate thought yesterday at half time was cast my mind back to the uh, for the Fulham Chelsea game a few weeks ago with the famous Mourinho. I said nothing at half time. Uh, <laughs> you know they had a terrible forty five minutes and they came out with a you know a rocket up their arse and scored a very quick three goals. So that was my that was my impending worry yesterday. And um, but yeah, pleasantly surprised that, that we just carried on taking it to them and. You know, it wasn't long after half time that we we nicked our goal and quite and quite deserved too. Mm, definitely. Um, okay. Well, we've we've talked about the penalties. I think the only other thing to say on that, that first half is that the general play was good, wasn't it? It wasn't that we just had those incidents on the break. Our general play, we we, we were actually quite adventurous. There's nothing reckless about what we did. Um, but I mean, one thing I've picked out in my notes was that. Um, I thought it was really noticeable how quickly Mariapa was getting forward in support of Punchin down the right-hand side. And Mariapa actually putting a couple of good crosses. They all went deep to the back post, sort of floated type of crosses. But it's a noticeable improvement from when he was last in the side. Got any views on, on that, Albert? 
Yeah, um, he was. I mean, Ben said he was worried about Punchin and Jerome before the game. I was worried about Mariapa um, having Hazard to deal with yeah. um, all afternoon, and that that was my primary concern. But again, like everyone, he had a great game, and he yeah, he linked he, when he pushed forward. He linked up very well. Um, quite reminiscent of a, a Nathaniel Klein. You know, he was he, he put a great he slipped a great ball through for uh, I think it was punching on the overlap, a little lofted mm. dink between the fullback and the centre half. And yeah, he had he had a great game. And you know, he's not he's not the he's not the biggest biggest chap, but he's very physical and he um you know he was almost he was almost as good as Joe Ward, I I'd, I'd be <laughs> Yeah, yeah we've had, we've had an e- email about Ward. Obviously Ward's been playing left back and it was his cross that uh, that Terry flicked in for the own for the own goal. But I mean we'll probably talk more about that later on, but I just wanted to go very, very quickly, take a little deviation to that email. Um it's from well, I don't know who it's actually from because it's it's a joke name again. Uh, it's a good one. It's Lee King Hyphen Anus. I'll let you wow. uh, play that. It's good. It's a good name. But um, he says, uh, "Hi, gents." With Kyle Walker being, let's say, shocking, Glenn Johnson being defensively suspect, and Klein not getting regular games, do you think Ward stands an outside chance of going to Brazil? So, a little deviation before we get back into it. Uh, very quick thoughts, Ben. Uh, yeah, Joe Ward's a, a fantastic player. Um, I've, I've mentioned him, you know, I've touted him for England before, but not not for Brazil, unfortunately. I mean, I think the players that you've just mentioned are, are ahead of him in the standings. I th- don't think Roy Hodgson's probably given him a thought. Um, I mean, Klein, Klein is one that's definitely ahead of him for me. And then you've got the ones that are already in and around the England squad. So it's difficult for Ward. You know, if he did go into the England squad, he'd be going in quite quite late at, at quite a you know, a bigger age than, than a lot of people. He's not had any experience for, for any of the age groups, so it's difficult for him, but absolutely there's 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 a chance that he could do it in the future if he continues to, to play at this sort of level. He needs to nail down a position, though, because at the moment, you know, he's played centre-mid, he's played right-back, he's played left-back. If, you know, if you're going to go into the English world, you've probably got got have a nailed down position um, yeah. and and left back isn't isn't it at the moment because you've got so many decent ones it'd have to be at right back but if he's not playing at right back for Palace why would he play there for England well I, th- I think I mean you've got to hope that the, the England manager would do enough research to know that it, the right back is his position but I yeah, see what yeah. you mean but I mean f- he's played the majority of the season at right back uh, Albert you see him as a potential option for Brazil or is the fact no. that, he's, that he's a Palace lad not going to really no, he's, he's gonna, unless there's a horrendous amount of injuries between now and the end of the season he hasn't got a cat's hell cat hell's chance of going to brazil sadly uh again yeah it may be maybe the next euros if england get there and he carries on in the in the sort of vein of form he's in whether that be with us or he gets poached and goes to a slightly bigger team but he was incredible yesterday um he's he's dash up the left wing with all the step overs and whatnot (laughs) I was in the pub later that evening, and it was a match of the day, and I was waving my scarf around my head in fits of <laughs> laughter because it was just it was just fucking hilarious to see. It was unbelievable. That's it. I called him Wardinho at the time and <laughs> all that sort of stuff. It was. I, I actually, I genuinely, I was drifting onto the second half when we we're talking first half, but I just that move just summed up the game for me. Really, it was. You had on, on one wing, you had uh, Joel Ward trying to be Cristiano Ronaldo, and then, but when it found its way over to uh, to punch and the sort of touch in the air then to suddenly flick it back through the legs of the defender for a shot and you know he's trying to be messy and you're looking at us thinking you know well, how the hell are we suddenly playing like this and I said at the time confidence does an amazing thing to, to teams it really does but I think we'll have a little stop now because uh, Ben is ready for some with some co- some of your comments uh, before we go there very quickly just to remind you if you do want to get in touch today you can tweet us at HOL radio you can Facebook message us facebook.com forward slash HOL radio email us on radio at homesdale.net or you can visit the lads in the chat room HOL forward slash chat 
yeah, yeah. covering covering all those topics. Uh, we've got a few lots going on in the chat room. It's uh, it's quite busy tonight. So um, King B has said it's great to see Ward uh, doing well at left back and Mariepa at right back, considering that Ward's always played in that right back position. Um, Slovenia Dave said Ward was absolutely class yesterday. He must have added a couple of million to his value. And then Texas Palace mentions that exact uh, that move that you were talking about a second ago. Ward had a great dribble along the touchline at one point. I shouted he should be a fullback for England in the pub and got some odd stares. And then moving over to to the Twitter, we've had comments on on both the lines. Sorry, sorry, the Twitter. You sound yes. like my nan. You're on the go, Twitter. Go sorry. go over to the Twitters. Um, right, sorry about that. A few comments. Um, Leon McLeod says that he thought Cameron Jerome deserved to start and had some harsh criticisms previously. Uh, and then he mentions the penalty as well. Said that the second one was definitely a penalty, but you can see why the ref didn't give it. Uh, Brad Thomas, excuse the swears, says uh, glad it worked after all the bollocks some people spouted about it not. Only not sorry. Not only did it work, but we made Chelsea look shit, and John Terry scored. Um, yeah, Brad Thomas again. He says that the the second one was a clear penalty, and the first one was half and half. And Colin Squires, last one, says that he couldn't believe the ref didn't give the penalty for the tackle on Balassi. It was right in front of him, and it looked nailed on pen. Mm. Fair day. Thanks for all your contact. We'll be keeping up with those. Obviously, if you've got any questions you like us to, or any subjects you like us to cover, uh, we will certainly do so. And um, yeah, okay, jumping right back into. Uh, to the match analysis um the second half really obviously let's talk about the goal um at the time thought thought ledley had scored it um and then someone said it come off ledley's hand and then eventually we you know it was it was a john terry own goal but uh lovely little move again some incisive passing and and Balassi playing a little reverse pass between two defenders and ward just continuing that run obviously we talked about him a minute ago but he's not a natural left-sided player but you could see from the shape of the cross, the way the way he struck the ball, he's obviously been working on on the fact that he's now playing that position. And you know, he he was just he was excellent, as Albert was saying. And it was a top cross, and it it was one of those where the, the defenders got to do something. He's got to get something on it because of the run that Ledley's made into the box. And you know Ledley's got in there quickly. There's, there's no one else around, really, isn't? You know, if it, if it doesn't get hit by either of those two, it's it's a nothing ball. But because we haven't got enough support up there again, but it, it was in the right area. Ledley attacked it well, and you know, it, on another day it could have gone anywhere, but go straight in the in the well, straight in the in, in the net. And what what scenes? <laughs> what scenes? Celebrating that goal, it was. I mean, Sellers absolutely exploded. Just I just loved it. Absolutely loved it. Um, ben, you had some interesting views on this in terms of uh, of John Terry. Yeah, uh, I have to say first of all, when that goal went in, you know, it hasn't. It's been a long while since I felt like that at Palace. Just that whole, you know, incredible feeling of scoring a, a massive, massive goal that's going to be so important to us come the end of the season. Um, couldn't have happened to a nicer bloke in John Terry. So I was, I was very, very happy to see that fly in. Uh, but yeah, Ward, unbelievable as always. You know, I, he's our best left back. He's our best right back. He's just our best player. Full stop. Oh, sorry, I'm just trying not to sneeze. <clears throat> <laughs> <laughs> well oh, done dear. to not draw attention to it. <laughs> yeah, but I was, it was going to be silent, but then I had to explain <laughs> the silence, and then oh, you know, you know how it goes. Um, but yeah, yeah, completely agree, man. Albert, you could have been helpful and just sort of chimed in straight away with your opinion. What is it? What was the question? I've been distracted <laughs> by all the sneeze talk. Oh, I apologise. Well, just really talking about the goal. I mean, you know, let's let's relive it. Let's go. Did they the announce it as a Joe Ledley? Um, yeah, they did. Yeah, they yeah. did. Okay, fine. I didn't know if I'd making that up. Um, yeah, it was, well, it was well deserved. I think if if John Terry doesn't get a touch on it, I think you know Ledley is going to get a touch on it. Um, 
and it yeah just completely wrong foot's check. Um, I think he's you know he's anticipating the cross. Uh, but yeah, great work. Balassi, I think he's very, very gradually improving week in, week out. And yet, you know, yesterday was the, uh, I'm going to use the word fulcrum. Was the fulcrum mm. of that? And if anyone wants to correct me, um, the fulcrum. Um, yeah, uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, uh, yeah, great, just great work, great link up play. And, um, yeah, like, as Ben said, you know, the only thing that can made it better than John Terry scoring own goal was if he really drastically hurt himself in the process. <laughs> Um, uh, yeah, fair point. Um, you like mentioned really, we, like really yeah, hurt really, himself, like, really like maybe caving his face in on the crossbar. That time he got his teeth kicked out. Uh, oh, that was amazing! Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the army. It's the only good thing he did in an Arsenal shirt. See, sometimes I still watch that. On so, um, anyway, I'm gonna jump in there really quickly yep. because yep. Uh, just to continue okay. the slander on John Terry. Mm. Um, got a hilarious tweet in from Leon McLeod. He says, "I still hate Mr. Terry. He belongs in a pit in Wales where he can be constantly poked with light bulbs. Just an opinion." <laughs> Oh, that's... No, you know if we stay up, John Terry's going to run on the pitch in a full Palace kit, celebrate <laughs> the team. Absolutely. Oh, <laughs> uh, you guys, honestly. Um, you did mention in your notes, uh, Albert, that we hadn't scored from open play uh, in ages. That's technically a goal from open play, although we didn't score it. Uh, yeah, uh, technically, yeah. but it's still a concern, you know. Mm. If, if, Spironi, right. if Spironi doesn't make those two unbelievable world-class saves... We lose oh, the two one, and, and yeah, that's yeah, that's a, it's a perfect opportunity to talk about those, really, isn't it? I mean, the first. Have you uh, seen what I put about Speroni? Good, uh, no, you. Yeah, I have, but I can't really, <laughs> <laughs> I can't really, can't really put that out into words. As yeah, uh, I could read the exact sentence, but I won't. Um, no, look, the, the first, the first save from uh, from Hazard. You know, it's the sort of save we've seen Jules make quite a lot, you know, getting down low and tipping it around the post. But when you actually sort of replay, I have no idea how he's seen it. Because he's reacting before he can possibly have seen the ball. Because it, there's three, maybe four people standing in his way. You can see he's behind those people. There's no yeah, way. In that, in that um, the slow-mo replay, sort of close in on match of the day, you know, you, all you can see is Hazard sort of lining the shot up. And you can't see Jules anywhere. And then he just slowly emerges from underneath someone's legs to tip it around. Like it's an unbelievable save. It's the, the reactions to do that. I mean, we've we've talked. I mean, Alex is who was supposed to be on as one who's always mentioned the fact that Speroni is somebody who relies on his reactions, and because he's getting older, he might not be as long lasting as certain keepers. But his reactions are sharper than ever. In fact, overall this season, there was there was a you know a few concerns earlier in the season, but overall. He, he can't. He hasn't had many better seasons, and that's someone who's player been player of the year three times. He's absolutely terrific, and he's hit a vein of form now that he just he deserves to go to the to the World Cup with Argentina. Sadly, can't see it happening because I think he'd have been in the squad by now. But I mean, he can only keep doing what he's doing. He's absolutely miraculous, and the save the save close in from Hazard as well from a, a sort of slightly miss hit shot that ended up at his feet. Um, you think initially that Hazard's hit it too close to Spironi, but when you think, when you actually see it again, it's even though it is, you know, it's just to his his left, Spironi's left, it's still enough to the side of him that most keepers wouldn't have reacted to get it and to get two hands on it and push it where he yeah, did. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, oh luckily what? it falls to Torres, who's a complete fucking donkey. <laughs> yeah, he was offside anyway, Torres. So uh, let's just say he knew that, and that's why he um, decided to sort of hit it up in the air with his ankle. Mm, you, you mentioned there, Chris, about um, where he where he put the save being as important as the save, and that's exactly right because there's no point making the save if you you 
you know, parry it two yards and it goes straight to Torres. He's got it like far he enough did away. Like he Bridge, funny <laughs> enough. <laughs> yeah, you, I mean, you've got it far enough away there so the Torres can't get a good touch on it. And yeah, like you said, both of those saves were absolutely incredible. Yeah, I mean, th- those saves, again, are as good as goals and it really, I mean, it goes to show you that the, the importance of the man and, I mean, he's just got to get a new contract. He really, really has. Um, we have got a, a... Go on, Ben, let's have that tweet on John Terry. Which which John? I've I've read it out already, Chris. Did you? That was the really hilarious light. No, bulb there's one. another one, isn't it? Oh no, it's the stats. Sorry, that I'm looking at. I thought that was another one. Oh, um, I will give you some tweets. So now that we like, brought attention yeah. to me, bollocks. Uh, I actually picked up one. The one from I think it was Bob White about KG. Go on. Can I talk about that? You can go. All right. Don't read it out again. Okay. Uh, he he just mentioned he doesn't think KG gets enough uh, enough praise, and he showed some great skills yesterday. Um, and when we were talking about Mariapa, I was I meant to meant to point it out, but it's on one of the occasions Mariapa got forward, and and KG got over there with with punching and Mariapa. They sort of played the ball in a bit of a triangle, but KG did this absolutely sublime sublime piece of skill to get to get around a defender. And I again, he there are there are times he doesn't get enough credit and. Yesterday was one of his best games in a long while. Well, Albert, your views on KG yesterday? He was still our worst player, but that doesn't mean he had a bad game. <laughs> <laughs> I thought uh, you might come up with something along those lines, but yeah. Yeah, no, he, he, he did his job. He, he, he broke up play and he kept it simple. And yeah, like you say, he showed a couple of good touches, which is nice to see. Um, you know, and the fact it's against the team that's top of the league, you know, makes it even sweeter. He, there was definitely a, a moment in the second half, and there was a bit of Ole ringing round as we knocked it round Chelsea in neat little <laughs> triangles. You know, yeah. and he, he was integral to that. The, mid, the midfield worked really hard yesterday, um, and you have to, yeah, you have to give him credit. I'm, I'm not going to knock him. Yeah, too right. And like, well, I never imagined we'd be getting the Olays when we're playing against Chelsea, which was <laughs> spectacular. Okay, Ben, we'll come to you in a second. I just want a regular contributor, Wilma Fingerdo. Brilliant. Uh, has said, do you think Spironi is up to his game since we signed Hennessy from Wolves? Um, I, I think, yeah. I think there's no doubt that, that his performances have been better. And, and I think it's only natural that when you've got uh, someone come in that the club has spent a bit of money on, um, who's in your position, that you're going to, it's going to focus you. But I mean, Spironi's not really been someone who's need, who needs to, to have his focus uh, pushed. He's always been someone who's pushed himself. But it just it helps to have that. It can only help to have someone pushing you uh, as much as he's able to self motivate because you know he's self motivated to be our, our number one keeper for a long time and to win three Player of the Year awards and to be a you know essentially a a legend at Palace Crystal Palace Football Club. So you know I, I think it's in a way it's a little bit disrespectful to say that that the signing of Hennessy is solely responsible for pushing him, but it certainly can't can't hurt uh, Ben. Yes, I'm. Uh, I'm on them. Their twitters. Um, another tweet in on on KG Radzi says, uh, "Tell you who impressed me yesterday. KG had his best game uh, that he's played." Um, Leon, oh no, I've read that. I've read that one. Don't read that again. Yeah, you read that Twitter out already. Oh yeah, yes. Um, got some tweets on Speroni as well. Uh, Brad Thomas says, "Jesus alone knows how he saved it. Surely got to be on the verge of beating Nigel Martin as our best keeper ever." Um, then a few tweets about uh, Hennessy coming in as well um, that, that you just mentioned a second ago. Um, Patrick O'Connor has asked the question, uh, what, what do we put Jules' tremendous improvement down to? And then CPSC Gifts has said, um, bringing in Hennessy was criticised by some Palace fans, however it was just what Speroni needed to make him fight for his position. And Lee Ward echoes that. He says he thinks he's realised that he's got competition from Hennessy and is up to his game. He doesn't think he can get much better. 
Leo McLeod says that it wasn't even his best saves this season. Absolutely fantastic for us this year, and long may it last. And then if I head quickly over to the chat room, um, mm. I've got some. some you nice doing that thoughts. now? I'm doing that right now. Yeah, You're heading a, over a to nice, the chat room now. I'm, I'm in there. I've just arrived in the chat room. Okay, good. And uh, a nice sentimental one from from King B. He says, "I had a little bit of happy tears when the full time whistle blew. When we scored, I was speechless. To see and hear the roar of atmosphere was incredible. I bet everyone across London heard us." Mm. Man just- up. <laughs> you absolutely anyway I'm I finished. cried this morning watching match of the day I can't I did can't you? Uh, did you really? I say cr- yeah I mean the, my massive hangover headache probably had a lot to do with it but um, oh. yeah oh, I mean I haven't ever cried ever a match I had uh, an attack of hay fever at Wembley um, and, weird, weird, and weirdly it was an attack of hay fever at, um, at the second leg in Brighton as well it was terrible you know that time of the, the evening to get hay fever it was weird, but <laughs> uh, I don't I don't cry cry for matches. I'm a proper man. I screamed um, like a girl when we scored yesterday. <laughs> yeah. If we're gonna be, you know, if we're gonna share and be honest here, mm. yeah. Um, <laughs> I was gonna share the Julian Speroni comment as well, but I, I no, no, <laughs> no. That's that's for our eyes only. I'm not having that read out. Ugh. Oh, hang on. Yeah. That's a bad phrasing if you knew what it said. <laughs> Let's move on. Um, thank you for all your, your contact. Again, if you do want to get in touch, at HOL Radio on Twitter, uh, facebook.com forward slash HOL Radio, or you can email us, radio at homestale.net. Thank you to everyone so far. Plenty more to come. Um, this is the, I'm going to read this out. It says, how dangerous did we look once we got the goal? What was the difference? Was it the opposition? Reaction to Newcastle? Tactical change? And really, the the thinking behind those questions that I wrote last night, while I was still giddy from the uh, from the match, were, I mean, just trying to pinpoint what it was that made the performance against Chelsea so different from the performance with the same players against Newcastle. Um, if I start with you, Benjamin. Yeah, I don't think anything changed tactically. I mean, perhaps it was a, a reaction to Newcastle. You know, we've we've been there, got beaten in the last minute. Everyone's really annoyed that we missed out on a point. But, you know, I think it's just one of those games you go into it, you've got absolutely nothing to lose, you're playing top of the league, nobody expects you to win. So you go in there, you give everything, but it's just it's one of those days where everybody plays well. You know, you, you, you go in, like I say, nobody's got anything to lose, everyone wants to prove their point against Jose Mourinho and, you know, one of the best teams in the world. And uh, and we did exactly that and we beat them and we fully deserved it and could have won 4 or 5 nil in the end. It's, it's weird though, isn't it? You kind of can't imagine that the importance of every single game we play is, is you know, every single game is a cup final. It's a cliche, but it's true. And it's amazing to me to think that we can up our game that much because it is Chelsea and because no one gives us a chance. Um, Albert, your, your views? You, I mean, you, you mentioned that it proves we can take the game to the opposition with effort and determination. I'm going to flip, I'm going to flip it around on you. Did yeah. we play like that because it was Chelsea and everybody had written us off and it was like, what the hell, let's just go for it. Or is that now how we're going to play for the re- the next seven games? Um, I, I think it's a bit of both. I genuinely do believe that it is because it was. It's what we we've talked before about it being a bonus game, isn't it? If if you have a go and you lose, well, you, you're expected to lose against Newcastle. We probably felt we had a chance to get something up there, and we probably thought it was because it's no way game. It'd probably be a point, and that's what we thought. That's all we thought about against Chelsea. I, I reckon Pulis would probably say, "Look, we could pro- we could potentially hold them." Um, but the chances are, if we just sit back and t- just try and soak up pressure, the chances are they will eventually score because they're doing it pretty much every week. 
So why let's let's just be a little bit more adventurous. Let's let's do the right things after we've stopped them playing. Let's let's actually do the right things for a change. And I think the inclusion of Jerome, and it's not a disrespect to Murray, the inclusion of Jerome was a very very important part of that because Glenn Murray is much more of a goal threat, much much more of a goal threat than Cameron Jerome. But he can't cover the the sort of ground in that final third that, that Jerome does, and he had to 16 do sixteen miles. That was, uh, I think, that was unfortunately a misprint. Um, no, it wasn't. It was. Yeah, it should have been twenty. <laughs> yeah, because if you look, it's actually ordered in those statistics. It was actually six and a half. But um, no, if it looked like it did look like sixteen miles. To be fair, he was constantly running and constantly How can hassling. You take that away from him. He was. He was magnificent. He really was. Honestly, he was. I thought with Jerome, he did. So, he, I mean, again, like you say, he's not a. He's not a um, guaranteed goal threat. You know, in the box. The problem is. He does most of his good work in the channels, picking up the ball, you know, outside the area. Um, and then you're sort of looking in the area to see who's there, and there's no one that you that's going to get on the end of a of a potential Jerome Cross, or if he lays it off and someone else puts it in. And you know, yesterday, I think if 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 there'd been a way to put Murray and Jerome on, we yeah, we might have grabbed another goal or two. But mm. I I I mean, thinking about it, sort of at half time, I couldn't see how you put Murray on with Jerome without risking, you know, the damaging the team elsewhere. No, exactly. Not, not, not in a game like that. I thought pre-game, I thought it would be the answer. I really did. But um, like you say, when the game unfolded the way it did, you could see that we were doing exactly what we needed to do. Uh, and it was just a case of trying to take one of the opportunities we got, which um, John Terry did for us. Um, but like, I mean, to, to finish answering what you, you said, um, I, I think it will... I think doing that now, I really do think in this point in the season, with, with so few games left to go, actually waiting until now to beat one of the top sides. Because we've been saying for ages, we've not got any points off the top sides. Blah, Everyone else has nicked a win here or there. We've done it now, and it's a huge boost, isn't it? It's a massive, massive boost. It said, here you go. You play the team that were top of the table after, what, 31 games which is most of the season, which shows you they've been the best team in the league for most of the season. Uh, you know, that's what the league table shows you. Um, and you've gone and you've beaten them. And not only have you beaten them, you've did, you did it in a fair way where you used the best of... You, you, you were at your very, very best and you, you stopped them playing football and you deservedly won that game. And I think that's huge. I really, really do. But it just... I just find it stunning to see the difference between the two games. I really, And it, it, has, it has to be down to mentality. Um, and I hope it proves a point to the team. I don't think it's anything to do with Tony Pulis trying to hold them back or anything like that, or you know, being over organised and overly defensive. Like we, you know, we were all guilty of potentially probably criticising him for last week. But I think it just, it's their mentality. And the biggest difference for me was the wide players. They just were in the game from the very first moment, blasting and punching, constantly chasing down, doing their defensive work properly, but running at players and causing a problem and. Balassi was just causing such a threat. I mean, okay, he, he doesn't do doesn't really do ninety minutes. Balassi, he, he sort of runs himself into the ground. But you know, he, he was bringing out the tricks. He had confidence in his own ability, and that's the right thing to be doing. And it, he's starting, like you said earlier, Albert. He's starting to look like the player we know he can be. <clears throat> right. Um, Chris's stat from match of the day. Here we go. Palace have the sixth defend, best defence in the league. My question, I'm going to start with you, Ben. Do we give enough credit for that? And I put in brackets, I didn't last week. Uh, last week I said, yeah, it's all well and good having a good defence, but if you can't attack, blah, 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 blah. 
do we really appreciate just how good we are at the back? Well, that's an incredible stat, isn't it? That they said a match today, you know, sixth best defence in the league. That's incredible looking at our position and, and the squad that we've got. I mean, defensively, most of the season, well, I suppose since Pulis came in, we've been fantastic and you really can't fault our back line. You know, each one of them to a man has been fantastic. Delaney in particular is one player that I'd like to, to pick out because he's one of the ones that I didn't think would make the step up from the Championship to the Premier League as well as he seems to have done. Um, you know, but just game on game, he gets better and better. You know, he was a player that a few seasons ago, he was at Ipswich, um, you know, didn't really know what was going to happen with his career mm-hmm. uh, and now here he is playing week in, week out in the Premier League not looking particularly out of place. I think, it's uh, it's fantastic, um, and defensively we've looked brilliant all season. And I think going into the last few games of the season, we're gonna we're gonna carry on being yeah. brilliant. But it has been it has been vital to us, and you're right to pick out Delaney. And, and there was a lot of talk about him during the game uh, in in the Arthur about you just watching him and how good a player he is in the Premier League. Because people were a little bit dubious of of how he, you know he was coping in in the Championship initially, and it's just see him doing that in the Premier League. Again, Did you see about... where he was for the you know the Balassi penalty interview? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Centre forward, wasn't he? Dave? It's unbelievable. He, he just he broke... he tore the pitch up. Yeah, I love it. I love that he does that as well. And people people see him do it. Jednak, you see it. Jednak actually drops back into centre centre of defence when he does it. So it's obviously something he's he's been told he's allowed to do, and it just adds a new dimension to it. And he, you know he's confident on the ball. He's confident running with it and he's you know he's got a decent left foot as well he's why he... the shoulder a few times hasn't he yeah, yes, yeah. people. love it um ben i've noticed we've got a few tweets in about the tactics i'd like to go to those since we were just talking about it yeah i've got a few um, few tweets on everything really um so I'll, I'll read a few of them out to you uh, andrew says that we shouldn't have lost at newcastle jerome played great that game as well and he mm, puts pressure on the back four constantly uh, patrick o'connor says that um he thought we were tactically different yesterday. Ledley was more a part of a midfield five for a four-five-one, and also the link-up of Mariapa and Punchin, and then on the other side, Ward and Balassi. Yeah, he's, he's that spot that on there. Yeah, spot on to point out the full-backs were getting into going up in support of the wide men. Like I said, for me, the difference was out wide, yeah. Mm. Uh, Leon McLeod says that there were lots of differences between the two games, but he thinks that the main one is that we can be more compact on a smaller pitch at Sellers rather than a, you know the big pitch, big pitch at St James's Park. And then James Digby says that Chelsea have got more men forward, giving us space on the counter attack. And every time we got it at Newcastle, we were crowded out. Yeah, that's a really, really good comment. That's the one I saw actually from James. Um, it, it did make a difference, especially in the second half. You saw. When uh, when Chelsea were breaking, there were four or five players breaking through midfield going forwards, and it did leave huge gaps in behind. And we were getting in time and time again after we'd scored, uh, and and obviously Jerome getting through and hitting the post, and there was the punch and chance. And like I said earlier, there was there was two chances for Ledley as well. So that genuinely, we could have scored and could have put that game well beyond Chelsea. Um, okay. Um, Another comment in here that it was, it was nice to see Palace creating a lot of chances, um, but not much converting. Pre-match, six percent of all shots had led to goals. How do we become more cutting edge in our attack? Um, that had appeared before, after I'd made my notes, so I haven't really answered that and haven't really thought about it. But um, I think we're doing the right things to become more cutting edge in our attack. I think we're doing the right things by getting those wide players forward and getting the ball into the box more, and, and having players like Ledley and like. Delaney even breaking into the box in support but that's what we've got to keep doing it, invo- it involves someone taking a chance every now and then just getting themselves in that penalty area because that's how goals are created you know people putting crosses into the right areas very rarely does someone look up and put a cross directly into someone's head you know quite often it's, it's playing the ball into areas and you know we're, we're going to have to have bodies in there if we're going to try and score um, 
Uh, ben, your own view? Yeah, I mean, the question really was how do we become more cutting edge? And I think arguably Marouane Shamak is our best goal scorer, our, our most cutting edge attacker, and we haven't had him for the last few games. So Cameron Jerome does excellently, uh, as we saw yesterday, but he does everything but score. You know, he, he had a few good chances at that one that hit the post specifically, um, but he just struggles to score. I, really, I don't know what Tony Pulis' plans are for Cardiff away, whether he you know, drops Jerome for Shamak or whether he starts with Jerome again. I, I'm obviously not sure what Pulis is going to do, but. Uh, you know, for goals, but it, it's difficult because none of the players in the starting eleven currently are scoring. Although yesterday creating so many chances, it will come. And um, mm. you know, you've got to just keep at it. And potentially after yesterday's performance, creating so many chances against a team that, that are top of the league, maybe going to Cardiff, we can we can do the same and, and finally put some of them away. And uh, Albert, short of uh, signing our fourth top goal scorer, John Terry, what what can we do? <laughs> I think we have to just do more of the same as yesterday. I, I don't think our problem is. I mean, obviously, our problem is converting chances, but the, the deeper problem has been we haven't been creating chances. It's all you know. It's all very well saying, "Oh, we missed however many shots yesterday," but how many games have we sat here and said we had those chances to miss? Um, you know, you've got to, you've got to get yourself in the position to to miss a chance. And yes, you know, yesterday we we had you know we could have yeah like we could have been four or five. Um, so I think if we just carry on doing that, I think the you know the the um, Ward and Balassi overlapping. And Mariapa and Punch on the other side—that's going to be key. That you know, that seems to be proving quite fruitful as as per creating chances. Just got to keep doing it. They keep the intensity up, and not when you sit so deep, it is hard to create chances when you're knocking it up to a lone striker who oh, well, he's going to get crowded. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Without, um, more of the same. Mm, okay. Well, move, moving on from that, one of the things that we wanted to really talk about was was the referee. I mean, at the game, he was taking a, quite a lot of stick for decisions we've talked about, the penalties. Um, you know, we actually uh, decided to, um, after the game, to try and try and grab a moment with uh, Lee Mason. We managed to get a, a quick chat with him, which we'll just play now. After the memorable win against Jose Mourinho's Chelsea, one negative in the eyes of many Palace fans was the performance of referee Lee Mason. Homestead Radio sought out Mr Mason for a quick chat after the game. Hi Lee, thanks for joining us. Uh, yeah, uh, no problem at all, no. Uh, it was a high-paced, frantic game today, and the stakes were high for both teams. Did you find it a hard match to referee? Uh, well, Chris, uh, obviously the lads were all gutted today to lose that game. Uh, the gaffer made it clear in, in no uncertain terms that we must do better. Uh, well, um, c- could you let us know how you felt you performed on the day? Uh, well, Chris, I thought, uh, personally, I gave it my all. Um, I mean, I'm not really sure what else I could have done to make it any easier for the lads. Uh, Frank said after the game that I was his man of the match. Uh, the trouble is, however, pleased I am personally, the, the team really did need those three points badly. Hopefully we'll get a chance to put that right soon. Frank? 
Sorry, sorry, uh, Frank Lampard, Lamps. Right, um, okay. Uh, many Palace fans were, um, were unhappy that what appeared to be cl two clear penalties were denied. Uh, how did you see those incidents? Well, Chris, yeah, I've seen him given, and, and maybe we got lucky today, but I think it's clear the, uh, the gaffer would have been furious had those two clear fouls resulted in the correct decision. Right, look, don't you think referees should be able to comfortably ignore the status of the players and the clubs and the games that they officiate, and be brave enough to give the correct decision without the fear of the implications to the bigger team being the predominant consideration in any close calls? Um, well, Chris, you've, uh, you've certainly used some complicated words there, so uh, I can't really say. I mean, all I can say, it was a disappointed dressing room in there. You know, At the end of the day, we, we pick ourselves up and we go again next time. Uh, the title will be tough for us uh, from here, but you know, we haven't given it up yet. Right, fine. Uh, do you think Palace will avoid the drop? Sorry, Crystal Palace one, Chelsea nil. Said no more counting dollars. We'll be counting stars. Yeah, we'll be counting stars. The Crystal Palace fans have come, and they filled all the seats at Sellers Park, and they want to get at Chelsea here in the early stages and really make a game of this. Chelsea have got Manchester City and Liverpool breathing down their necks in the title race. All the form books suggest that Chelsea should extend their lead to four points here ahead of the tea time kickoff. But Crystal Palace want to upset that, Jason Roberts, and they want to give themselves a bit of breathing space of their own ahead of the bottom three. And Punchin, who's having a good game, gives it to Mariapa, sends it one side of Aspilicueta, runs around the other, but he can't get clean into the penalty area. Further support arrives. This is great stuff from Palace. And appeals for a penalty. Cameron Jerome is hacked down on the edge of the six-yard box, but Lee Mason is not interested. All of Sellers Park is screaming penalty. You can hear the boos in the background. As John Terry scores an own goal. men have now been given their reward. Crystal Palace won, Chelsea nil, it's a John Terry own goal. What an atmosphere we have now, it's like being inside the, the Bernabeu or the New Camp, I mean Sellers Park has become a cauldron of noise, they believe they can beat Chelsea. Not for the first time in this game, Julian Speroni gets a standing ovation. Look at the supporters around the stadium on their feet applauding a truly brilliant save from Julian Speroni. We've seen the replay and as he comes out, Spiro, it's almost like he sells a dummy. He leans to his right to create a wide space to his left. That's where the ball is struck from Hazard and, and Speroni's already propelling himself towards it. That is a top class save. Are Crystal Palace going to beat Chelsea? They've got a great chance here. Jerome, he's hit the post. Cameron Jerome hits the post from eight yards out. That was the opportunity to kill this game in Crystal Palace's favour. 
Well, I tell you what, if Crystal Palace go on to win this game, it'll be nothing less than what they deserve. They defended resili resiliently, they broke very, very well. Spironi's had a great game. So many players there have played over and above their levels. They deserve to win this game at this moment in time. If Chelsea are to get a late goal here, it's going to break about 20,000 hearts wearing blue and red inside this stadium. We're in the fourth minute of stoppage time. It should be all over. Lee Mason brings the whistle to his lips and blows the final whistle. It is an enormous victory for Crystal Palace for the first time in 24 years. They have beaten Chelsea in a league game. Chelsea now can be knocked off the top of the Premier League this weekend and it's John Terry's goal that has won the game for Palace. Brighton and Hove Albion nil, Middlesbrough two. I <laughs> uh, enjoyed the end to that. That was uh, that was fantastic. Okay. Oh, I've used the word fantastic. Damn it. Um, okay. I hope you enjoyed that. Uh, just to make it very, very clear for legal reasons... Um, the interview with Lee Mason from earlier, that wasn't really Lee Mason. It was a fictional Lee Mason that we used to satirise his performance. Um, Some people so claimed it was Ray Wilkins. <laughs> well, I wouldn't like to comment on who it actually was, but, you know, it was just a bit of fun, but I think it did emphasise how I certainly felt with regards to his performance. And, um, yeah, obviously we had the lovely little recap there that uh, producer Mikey had been working on of uh, yesterday's events, which um, put a little bit of a lump to my throat. I didn't cry, though. Albert, are you all right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, either, you're, either you were crying or you've just finished some cocaine, but um, we'll worry about that in a minute. Uh, okay. Go on. All right. Lee Mason. Let's go back. Let's go back to Lee Mason. Um <laughs> <laughs> Listen, we've we've struggled. We've really, really struggled uh, with refereeing of late, and I don't think it's an exaggeration to say that we we seem to be on the rough end of a lot of decisions at the moment. Um, it's it does feel, and it's I know it, I'm sure it isn't the case. I'm sure the referees do genuinely try to be uh, as as level and even handed as possible, but it feels like you know you feel like it's a battle against the officials to stay in the Premier League, and it really shouldn't feel like that. And from the first first minute, you you saw you know essentially it felt at times like if you foul a Chelsea player, it has to be a yellow card. Um, you know, Balassi was booked very early on for probably what was his first challenge, and he didn't really even connect. That, that you know, David Luiz rolled around like he'd been shot, and you know it's horrible to see. And, and you just think, you know, we're up against it enough when you're trying to bridge the gap between the, the talent that your position have and the money they have at their disposal and you know that's a massive massive thing to have to fight against but to have to fight against officials on top of that and you know this is a game that we've won this is a game where we should be we shouldn't be talking about a, an awful refereeing performance but we are we're talking about a genuinely terrible refereeing performance not not even you know it, it's not even in the league of of you know Poor performances is out there on its own is just awful. I, I, you know, I'm trying, I'm trying desperately not to swear. So I'm going to hand over to you, Ben, and see if you can do any better. Yeah, I mean, it was awful, truly, truly, truly awful. <laughs> um, I, I'll continue and, like you, try not to swear. Uh, a few examples. There was a couple that stick in my memory. Uh, there was one Lampard fouled a, a Palace player. Palace player went down. Lampard was quite obviously apologising with his arms in the air for fouling him. Ref played on. 
I think if, if the Chelsea players are in it, then it is a foul. There was one, Torres went down, um, Lee Mason you know, shook his head, wagged his finger and decided, actually, no, I will give that as a foul uh, for no reason at all. Yeah. Uh, the, the penalty shouts that we mentioned earlier, they've already been discussed. Um, and then I just think there's a, definite, like, a, a noticeable change in the refereeing standard between the Championship and the Premier League. I don't know why that is, but it certainly feels that there's a, a small club issue for Palace, you know, that, that they do favour the, the bigger teams. And we'll let Albert speak, but then uh, I've got a few tweets on that afterwards as well. Yeah, I mean, Albert, again, just to sort of pick up on what, what Ben was saying there, it, it does, and, and you've said similar, it does feel that, uh, I mean, we talked before, it might be a natural thing because when, when a referee sees, you know, these these sort of household name players and these massive clubs and he and more to the point he knows the attention he'll get if he gets something wrong for a big club when they're fighting for a title it's easier for him to pick the, the you know the easy way out if it penalizes the smaller club and the less known players um thoughts other than insulting stuff against lee mason without trying try to keep it clean um like ben said there has been a no- noticeable change between the championship and the premier league um you know, in the championship, at least they were consistently shit for like both teams. But it just seems, <laughs> it just seems in the Premier League that it seems it's acceptable that, you know, like we were saying about the penalties earlier, you can, like I say, you can bet that if that had been a, if Hazard had gone down or Torres, in in a similar circumstances, he'd have been pointing at the spot without without question. Um, I, 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 the, the Torres incident that Ben's just mentioned, when he he quite clearly says no, it's not a foul. You know, almost tells him to get up then I, th- I think it's because the lino put his flag up that he gives it. But the fact mm. is, the referee is maybe 10 yards away from the incident. The lino is like 20 yards away from the incident. And I know the referee is allowed to consult his linesman, but it's not the mm. linesman that runs the game. No, you, know, exactly. the ref- you know, the linesman can't over- overrule the referee. The referee's seen it. He's clearly made his decision because he quite clearly shakes his head. So what, 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 why is he then deferred to the linesman? Um, it's, it's, it's inconsistent and it's shit at the end of the day and it's not fair. It's not. And, and if it ends up costing a club like ours our, our place in, in the top division, and, I, and I'm sure if you go back and you, you look at the, the games from teams who have gone down, there's probably more than a handful who, who could mm. argue that they would have significantly more points if they hadn't had bad decisions go against them in games, particularly against bigger clubs. Um, I think it's a real problem, and I uh, and I think that it's not really appreciated how much of a problem it is by the majority of those people who do watch the Premier League, because the majority are fans, usually armchair fans of the bigger clubs, and they focus on the bad decisions in the big games. Uh, um, but but the consistent bad decisions do go against the smaller clubs, in my view. And and if I was, you know, someone who was who had any kind of a say in in the sort of the match game official, I think it's PMGOL or whatever it is. That's the sort of thing I would be trying to educate referees on on how to how to avoid that and how to you know the fact that they they're going to do that job and you know we do I do appreciate that it's a horrible job to do in in a lot of ways. There's a lot of positives to it, I'm sure. Otherwise, people wouldn't do it. But you know, and and if there was no referee, there's no football. And you want to people to show respect to referees. You want people, but they've got to do the right thing. They've got to have the confidence in their own ability to do their job and not be influenced by other people. And they may be that they they believe they're not influenced. But I think the statistics on on Howard Webb, for example, show that that he's now since since the massive error he made, um, in, you know, in, internationally, he's he's consistently, you know, balked from making tough choices and. That's not good. That's not good for the game, and and I didn't I didn't like to see what I saw yesterday because it, it really could have cost us, and it's a real shame. You know those 
let's 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 say at least one of those was was a clear penalty. That has to be given. It has to be given when your when your referee is looking right at it, and he can't not make that decision just because he doesn't want to in case it's wrong. He's got to look at that and go, you know, was that a foul? Yeah, it was a clear foul. It was right in front of me. It was a clear foul. I'm going to give that. It doesn't matter that it's Palace against Chelsea. I, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm going to do the right thing. Um, I don't want to dwell on it anymore. I'm sure we've got some tweets from it. Let, let's hear what um, everyone else has got to say. Ben. Yeah, I'll, I'll go to the chat room first. There's a uh, quite a few comments sort of echoing your your sentiments there, Chris. Um, first of all, uh, a quick game two says really don't get these refs with some decisions. Um, Kev. Kev P of CPFC said he played an advantage then pulled it back when Chelsea lost the ball. Uh, Cool Eagle 89 says the refs think they'll be under more scrutiny when they give decisions against big clubs and we're up against it. Look at Newcastle next week. And then uh, moving over to the Twitters. um, (laughs) Brent Morgan says tell him he needs to grow a pair of bollocks because if he says he would have made the same decision at the other end he'd be a fibber. Janet Machin says spineless like a slug. Um, Lee Ward says Premier League survival is hard enough to achieve let alone having every ref being biased against us um, yeah and then uh, other than that we've just got some some comments about Mikey's uh, little <laughs> clip there that everyone really enjoyed that and uh, yeah. one comment in particular from a quick game too he says that he really enjoyed it and he's wiping his eyes now oh bless um, I've got, we got some comments on Facebook about it as well Dan Scott has used one word which I thoroughly agree with but can't say on the radio <laughs> uh, Callum Hutchinson says awful the only negative was the referee great win against 12 man Chelsea and that's, that's a lovely way of summing it up cheers Callum um, yeah so generally it did it did all, it did threaten to spoil what was a, a fantastic day and I've used the word fantastic yet again but it didn't it didn't spoil that day um and it was a great, great team performance. But talking about it being a team performance, if you're trying to pick a man of the match, well, that's what we're going to try and do now. Um, we've talked about Cameron Jerome and Jason Punch being superb, and obviously we mentioned Joel Ward as well. And, and for me, those were the, the standout performers, and Balassi was excellent as well, I have to say. Uh, if I had to give the man the match now, um, I, I really am torn between Jerome and, and Punch and Jerome for, for sheer effort and for the for the level of performance being far above what, what he's usually given. I, you know, I do agree with what was said earlier in the contact that um, he had a good game against Newcastle and he's, you know, he had a couple of decent games but I thought he was just faultless uh, other than missing the chances but they, they weren't easy chances by any stretch of the imagination so yeah I thought he was he was terrific so I'd probably give it to Jerome just over Punchin but I thought it was Punchin's best game in a long while too. Ben? Uh, yeah, along the same sort of lines, really, I, w- I would be choosing between uh, both Punchin and Jerome, uh, and I would, like you, go for Jerome, because I thought he was just fantastic. He worked tirelessly, and he must have been absolutely knackered when he went off that pitch. He fully deserved the, the stand ovation that he got from Palace fans, and uh, we mentioned earlier, he's been much maligned by Palace fans, really, a, a lot of been on his back, um, and must have been tweeting him. I don't know what it's like for a player when you get so many tweets. of a, It must be abuse after a game, but yesterday, I'm sure, his, his, uh, his mentions were full of praise from Palace fans, and, and it's excellent to see him go out and perform like that. And Albert, uh, your views too? Uh, yeah, much the same. Jerome, between Jerome and Sproni for me, because if, if Sproni doesn't make those saves, we lose the game. Um, but I'm going to let Jerome have it, because Sproni gets it quite quite often for me um so yeah jerome worked tirelessly brought people into play um you know he, he rattled both you know in, england's one of england's first choice center halves and uh, an ex-england first choice center half you know he, he really rattled them um yeah so yeah jerome would edge it for me 
That's great. Yeah, I obviously missed out Spironi and what I was saying. Of course, yeah, he was he was terrific, and it goes to show that sometimes we do take him for granted as well because I didn't even mention him. But yeah, t- terrific team performance though, and um, you know, there's I think uh, producer Tom's mentioned that uh, that Jednak didn't have his greatest of games, and and Pass is still going astray and all that sort of stuff. I actually thought Jednak was pretty pretty terrific. Um, yeah, I didn't doing, think he yeah. played badly. Uh, he, he had a couple of moments. I, I kind of think I know where that came from. There was a moment in the first half where uh, Jednak got the ball at his feet and he wasn't really under any pressure and he had time to look up and play the ball, but he just kind of nonchalantly flicked it forward straight to a Chelsea player. And you think there's little moments like that where he does put us under pressure, but I think that the rest of his game is just so, so strong. And I think he was... Uh, late, later on in that game, after we brought Stuart O'Keefe on, who's worth a mention because he came on, other than the, the un- unfortunate type put, uh, bit where he put... Uh, Torres back in, which he was a real to moment. Give Torres a goal, and he still yeah, fucked st- it up. <laughs> he did, yeah. Um, but yeah, I just think uh, I, I think he did a good job when he came on. But um, but Jednak almost had a little bit more resp- responsibility to carry that ball forward, and he was the one who, who ran the ball forward and, and put Jerome in um, for when he hit the post. So yeah, again, I think it's it's hard if you focus on his passing, you, people will will find things to criticise, but I, I don't think he was worthy of it. I think he had, he had a good, solid performance, and there were just a lot of people around him who, who were also terrific, and it helped that he didn't have to carry the, the, the you know the midfield himself. Um, and again, I, I mentioned it earlier, I thought Ledley, Ledley gave a bit of a masterclass there in midfield. He was, in, he was involved in absolutely everything, and he, and he looked like the player we, we all talked about signing when we got him. He, he sort of almost struggled a little bit to, to integrate, and obviously playing left-back and Playing a little bit further forward hasn't probably hasn't helped his cause, but it looks to have settled now, and it's a, a great time. So it's nice to have all the. It's only difficult decisions to make in, in man of the match, and I say ideally you kind of give it to the team, don't you? Um, but yeah, absolutely terrific. Um, a few comments from Ben on man of the match, and then I'll give some uh, forward reviews, and then we get to hear from the marvelous Adeline Gurdiora. Yeah, I asked on social media uh, who people's man of the match were if they had to give me one name. And uh, I think it just sums up yesterday's performance in, in the sheer amount of names that I've been given. Um, I'll, uh, I'll go through a few of them for you. Uh, someone says KG's best game in living memory. Um, someone says Jerome worked his bollocks off. Cyril Thriller says Jules. Slovenia Dave says Ward for me in terms of showing class. Cool Eagle Jerome, but Jedinak won hell of a lot of ball. Uh, a quick game too says Jedinak. Uh, there's just so many. If I go onto Twitter as well, I mean, just looking down down the mentions, Will Gaines says Cameron Jerome. Kevin Gunner says Spironi for those saves. Wouldn't have collected the points without him. David Bailey says Scott Dan, been our best purchase from the January window. Um, and then I've got a couple just to finish. Uh, Leon McLeod says, or G- actually Leon McLeod and Jason Barber have both gone for the same person, and that person is John Terry. <laughs> that was a good show. He, uh, he was certainly our most dangerous attacker. Um, oh dear, so many different. Um, yeah, sorry, I was trying to catch up on the rest of them. Let's go. Let's go forward. Review to- review time. Uh, once more, I haven't read these before. I've been given them, so I'll have to filter out the swearing ones. Uh, I won't read them all. Um, so obviously, if you don't get yours read out, apologies. Um, I can't read that one. <laughs> Kev- Kevin Childs, Eagles. Kev says, "I'm in beer heaven," which I think was during the celebrations. Uh, Darren Chandler says, "Jerome rather than Torres." I totally agree with that one. Um, Bob the Eagle has gone for in capitals. Oh my God, yes. Uh, Paul Holland has gone with the best fans in the league. He actually did best fans in the league. He didn't put the. Uh, he used the correct number of uh, words. Uh, Kevin Kevin T A Steph Kevin says forgotten about last week. Rich Foster 
uh, says long wait worth it and Darren Turner says scoring goals for Palace which we all know is now got John Terry in instead of Glenn Murray for the moment <laughs> um, thank you to everyone who got in contact with the four word reviews and uh, yeah I think we can do no more but to say what a great win what a great day what a fantastic chance we have of uh, staying in the division been massively helped by that um, and let's hear from Ed Lane Gediora. latest news from around Selhurst Park. This. Hmm, that sounded like the wrong clip to me. We could just talk amongst ourselves for a bit, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's a good interview when we do get it. It was a good interview. I'm, I'm starting to wonder if Tom accidentally didn't record it. It'd be bad if it, that happened, wouldn't it? Let's give him yeah, a minute. Let's give him a minute to find it. Um, I mean, he wouldn't have done that, right? Well, you'd hope so. I, we can uh, we can reenact it. We could we could reenact it. Um, I don't really want to. Come on, Tom, don't let me down, man. Should we be here? I don't really know. I'll tell you what. What we'll do? Um, we'll we'll sort of do our thank yous and goodbyes now while we're waiting for Tom to do something with that. Um, thank you for listening this week we will end with the uh, interview from Adelaine Gadiora which Tom has now found uh, it is a terrific interview lovely bloke um, but from me Albert Ben and from producer Tom uh, goodbye we'll see you at 8pm next week ok we're joined by Adelaine Gadiora hello hello how are you I'm very good, thanks. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, obviously, great result yesterday as well, um, which yeah, we'll talk exactly. about in a little bit. Um, but let's talk a little bit about yourself. Um, you were born in France into a, a footballing family. Your father was a, a former, Al- former Algerian international striker. Uh, do you think you're always destined for a career in football? Uh, we, 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 we don't really know since uh, we are. But, yeah, I think I was born and raised in football <laughs> since, I was, uh, since I was young and and uh, it was it was not uh, easy to to become a, a, a professional footballer, but because I work hard and sometimes I was thinking to stop football because when you arrive in a time that you have no clubs or, or no 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 opportunity to play in a club, it's difficult to think that you're gonna have a, a career. But at the end of the day, it was a, it was something that I was thinking in my mind since I was young was a dream and, and the dream come true. Okay, and in your early career in France and then in Belgium, you moved to clubs quite regularly. Were you trying to just find the right club for your style of play? The thing is that, yeah, prob- probably in my in my CV I have uh, uh, many clubs, but I start from lower, like lower leagues. If I start with, uh, with Premier League straight, uh, I don't think I had many clubs, so I just I just played in professional since... Uh, I was I, I was um, I was 23 and now I am 28, so I came a bit late in the professional football before I was used to be in the amateur or semi-professional in France. So now, yes, it's, I think it's time to 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 stay and to to be regular in the club. Yeah. Mm. It was. Uh, I think it was. Uh, hopefully, I get the pronunciation right. Yeah, pronunciation right. It's Latont. Le- uh, they called you the classy bull. <laughs> do you think that? Um, do you think that sums up the way you play football? Yeah, kind of. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, this, this nickname come from uh, 
from the science in Wolverhampton because uh, I think when I when I when I when I used to play there, uh, I used to be to 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 go on the pitch and 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 uh, and try to to work hard and even with some uh, some classy touch if I can. Yeah. So that's why, yeah, I think it's a good nickname, and <laughs> I wish to I wish to to show more at Palace now. Yeah. Okay, uh, you just mentioned about moving to Wolves. That happened in two thousand and ten. Yeah. Many players talk yeah. about moving to England as their dream. Was that the same for you? Yeah, exactly. I think uh, now we can say that the Premier League is uh, the best. Uh, it is, is the best league in the world. Uh, when uh, when you go in France and you ask uh, to. Uh, most of the players, they, they wish to be in the Premier League one day because this is the league that they have uh, so much passion and so much uh, so much uh, things about football. And is is uh, we were used to watch from France uh, the Premier League with the with the with the Cantona because he was French and and they used to play in a big club and he was a big player in the Premier League. So I think yes, for me it was a. It was a name and as well uh, a dream, and this dream uh, came true. Mm. And um, well, I mean, obviously that, that that move to Wolves came about. And, and how did you think you settled into the English game? Was it was it easy for you? Did it suit your style? Uh, it's, it's quite different with the I mean, like European uh, uh, you know, European play because I was uh, surprised when I first uh, played for Wolves. It was really intense for the first five ten minutes, and after yeah. after ten minutes, uh, I tried uh, after after ten minutes, I tried to watch the clock on the <laughs> on the stadium, and I, I thought it, we were already at thirty minutes, but it was only ten or fifteen, and I was already uh, tired, but and waiting for the second breath. But uh, that, that's the thing; it's uh, it's really intense, and there is yeah. too much action, and it's, it's really nice because. When when people watch uh, English uh, English football, this is what they they are waiting for for uh, starting for the first minute till the end. And when you compare with like uh, European side, it's more like the first ten fifteen minutes is more observation than than uh, than going straight to the game. So yeah, yeah, this is uh, my 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 big surprise when. I, when yeah. I first came here, that's like you say. It's, it's probably more exciting to watch the, the football played that quickly and that that intense. But uh, do you think maybe the English game suffers from a, it's a little, little less technical because it's so quick? Uh, yes, probably. I think uh, it starts from from the formation. I think because when you when you go in France, for example, because I don't know the other country, but I know France well. Uh, when you see the the formation of the player, the academy and and uh, uh, around the country, they are really high. They are really uh, effective. When you see the the many many French players, they can play abroad and everywhere. There is so many French players around the world, and especially in the big clubs, because they have a really good academy. And as you said, they, technically they are they are they have um, more more than average. So that's why maybe they they can settle quickly quickly in the Premier League, and they have to. To, to 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 adapt themselves more in the physical part and uh, and the intensity as well. So when they they have this, they will be like uh, having uh, another 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 bonus another another bonus in in their game mm. because they are technically maybe better than um, the normal uh, English player. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then after Wolves, you you moved to Nottingham Forest originally on loan, and the fans there mm. sort of think very highly of you. Do you think that's been your favourite spell of football in your whole career? 
Yeah, I will. Uh, I will always uh, have uh, Nottingham Forest in my heart because it was a, uh, uh, a really big part of my career. I, I used to I used to play and enjoy my football there uh, with the fans and with everybody. It was a, it was something special when I when I left. But I was uh, I was happy to come to Palace and 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 try to 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 to, um, to to do this challenge with Palace that to stay in the Premier League so for me it was it was a big thing but yes for it will be always in my heart and now I'm 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 focused on on Palace and what we're gonna achieve today yeah um, so you, you, yeah so you met, you mentioned joining Palace it was on deadline day it was one of those uh, transfers we signed a lot of people really really quickly was it um mm-hmm. was it a quite a frantic move quite you know came about quite quickly for you. Yeah, I'm not used to be honest to to sign in the in the last last minute or, or last day of the transfer. I used to to see uh, to see uh, how how things are and everything. But well, I know Palace; they were they were uh, looking after me uh, uh, for 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 before that. And yeah, I know that uh, it was uh, it was good to come here and, and and try to achieve something that they never did in. In, in in Premier League to stay more than one season, and I think this uh, this uh, this challenge for me was was big, and I was thinking I love to have this kind of challenge because as I was with Wolves and we stayed twice in the Premier League, yeah. uh, and people didn't expect us to stay, so I knew this kind of battle, and that's why I wanted to do, and that's why I was looking for, and I think uh, when Palace came, it was the good thing to do. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then after January this year, there were a few stories in the media about you going out on loan. Uh, one of those mentioned was going back to Nottingham Forest. Was that ever a possibility for you, and did you consider it as an option? Yeah, there, there were possibilities to go on loan, uh, not only in Forest. I had uh, I had clubs to go on loan because you know the thing is that uh, I came back from injury, and I think it, it's good to have some games uh, under the belt. Uh, to, to, to come back from an injury, but the manager, like he, like he told me, and like I was thinking, we we really think uh, the same thing, and we really look for, together on the same way is to to stay to stay in the Premier League. So I want to to achieve this with Palace, and this is our, what I'm looking for. Uh, if the manager say I'm not looking, uh, I'm not looking after you. Yeah, in this case, maybe I would go on loan, but uh, at the moment, uh, this is this is. Uh, well, I'm not thinking about this. I'm just thinking about staying up with uh, with Palace. Yeah, uh, I mean, you mentioned before you obviously you in the Premier League with Wolves, and um, obviously then you've gone back to playing the Championship with uh, with Forest. And so having played in both leagues, is is there much of a is there a really big difference between the two in terms of the skill and and the pace? Or mm-hmm. uh, you know, I think there there is a difference, but not not a big difference. There is a mm-hmm. difference with the with the pace and the intensity. But there is a difference as well on the on the the, the, the thing that if you make a mistake, it's it's really dangerous because it can yeah. go straight in the in the in the net. After that, yeah. that's the most important. And I think technically, in Premier League, the player have uh, have better ab- abilities, yeah. and uh, and uh, the intensity as well is quick, is fast. That's uh, the difference for me uh, in pr- between Premier League and Championship. I think Championship as well is. You have many games, plenty of games, so it's, you need to be physically uh, very strong. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Okay. okay.
Uh, we were commentating on the development game on Monday against Charlton. Um, you had a fantastic game. Do you enjoy playing for the under-21s? Do you maybe see it as a chance to impress Tony Pulis and get into the starting eleven, or is it just nice to get some game time? Yeah, both. I think it's important to 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 keep my fitness uh, up. Like this one, Tony Pulis uh, will need me. I will be ready for 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 the game, and I think it's, it's the kind of way I want to show to the gaffer that I'm ready. And I will. I'm professional, and and even if I play for 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 under 21, it's important to to show to 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 to, to the young lad that even if we are playing the first thing when we say with with the with the young lads that we are professional like this, because I think we are example of of of, of, of the player. So it's important to to be to be to be to show that we are fit, that we want, that we have the the passion as well to to play even in. In, uh, in under 21, and mm. I think I think it's important. And even for the gaffer, I can see me that I'm I'm fit, and when you need me, I will be there. Yeah, that's a really enjoyable game to watch. I remember you hitting the post in the in the first half with a great shot. Um, just yeah, yeah I actually, really really enjoyed that game for the first time. And, and, and it, you know, the under twenty ones is, is a strange strange thing to watch. Um, mm-hmm. you, you've you've been at Palace for I think it's well according to our research, it's exactly six months tomorrow. Um, how, how have yeah. you enjoyed your time at the club? Yeah, it was a uh, it was a bit uh, of on on one uh, um, and upward because you know I had uh, my injury so. It, yeah. it was a, a bit of blow for me because I was I was uh, playing uh, really regularly on this time and when I had my injury it was difficult uh, for me to at the beginning to accept because I was happy to play and I was happy to do to do well for the club and trying to 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 to, to win games but you know when you're injured you can't do anything is is the destiny so you have to accept and come back and work hard to 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 come back uh, better. And yeah. I think this is what I did, and that's just what I'm going to do again. And yeah, I think since uh, since uh, I'm here, I, I I learned a lot, really a lot. And uh, we had the both manager, so it's something that uh, we need to adapt. And it's good. I think it's something that uh, a good experience. And come here, coming here and see the the the, the passion of the fans because uh, I was right. really impressed, really impressed by. And it's not even me. I think everyone when they come to to play against us in uh, in Selhurst Park, they are impressed with the with the with the with the fans uh, at home. I had um, I had um, the 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 journalists from Algeria and they came uh, last the, the, the last game and they were really impressed by the the atmosphere. So it's something uh, that I, I I like to to have when we play we play game at home. It's something that they rise rise up the the, the confidence. <laughs> now that's great to hear. Lots of people obviously do do talk about the fans. I remember the uh, you're talking about the injury you had. It was it was a real shame at the time. I can remember you were playing, like you say, you had played in a in a few games in a row and you'd been reg- making a real impact. And it was just it's that little challenge with Ben Foster. Were you? I mean, it was a bit of a nasty challenge in the end. It didn't look it at the time, but yeah. you're quite an, quite annoyed by the challenge. Yeah, I think it's, it was a nasty challenge to be to be honest. And that was uh, I was uh, a bit. Uh, a bit uh, disappointing that the, I didn't receive any call from West Bromwich or any uh, any uh, any player from West Bromwich. Uh, even like the, the the goalkeeper, I remember when I was injured at Wolves with uh, against Aston Villa. The, the manager at this time was Gerard Rouillet, yeah. and uh, he called me to say like, "I hope you're gonna be well soon" and everything. And 
and I think it's important because we are we all play the same game and we don't want to see people being injured even if we play against. So it's something that that gives us uh, a, a motivation as well. So oh, yeah. I was a bit so disappointed about this, but yeah. after you can't do nothing, and the best thing to to do is coming back, working hard, and show show on the pitch that what what we can do really. Yeah, that's it. And hopefully we'll send West Brom down uh, in punishment. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Wolves yeah, will be happy. <laughs> <laughs> it, was a, it was a massive win against Chelsea yesterday, Adeline. Uh, how was the dressing room after the game? Were the lads buzzing after such a huge three points? Yeah, exactly. I think uh, the, the, the confidence is up since, uh, since we won this game. Uh, and it's important to win against the, 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 top, of the, the top of the league. Chelsea, they're going to play uh, next week against... Uh, Paris Saint-Germain Champions League, and it's it's good to 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 have having uh, be meeting them uh, on Saturday, and even for us, we need points. And people, especially in this kind of game, because people didn't expect us to win this game, and we we did it, and so it's something special that we show to to people that Crystal Palace is here, and yeah. and that show that we're gonna hopefully stay up. Yeah, no, it was, it was a massive, massive game. It really was. Yeah. One of the best performances of the season, undoubtedly. Um, so, OK, uh, when we got promoted from the Championship, obviously, you know, you weren't at the club at the time, but a lot of people looking in said that team spirit was the, was the main reason it happened. And do you think that that's the case this season? Is it that, that spirit between, you know, the, the players but the fans as well, bringing us together? Is that what it's going to take to keep the, the team in the Premier League? Exactly. I think this is what I've seen uh, at the beginning when I, I first came here. I really said so much of very quickly because the lads uh, uh, were like uh, really uh, welcoming me so it was easy to settle and adapt myself in the dressing room because we have a, a bunch of lads that they are really really good and they have a good spirit. I really enjoy to be with them and it's something special when you have a, a dressing room like this because this is what is going to make us staying in the Premier League because you know it's not all dressing room you have like this. And I think, I think this one is special because we are all looking at the same way. Brilliant. Okay, well, we're going to have to go and do our live show now, but thank you okay. so much for joining us. It, thank real you. Real pleasure thank to you. talk to you. And obviously, thank best of so luck much. for the rest of the season. Cheers now. Thank you so much. Thank Bye-bye. Bye. 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 Check out our blog, www.wholeradio.net slash blog. Like the radio show, but it's a blog. Hello, um... We're actually back. Um, I think, I mean, Albert was definitely there, although he's got pizza in the way. Albert? Hello. Hello. You sound really far away now, but that's fine. He's ben, you're pizza. there, right? Actually, I am, yeah. Oh, okay, good. Um, we won't keep you too long, but there were, there were two things we forgot. Uh, one of them was to mention the ball boy incident, which we're going to have a little chat about in a moment. And the other one was that well, a, we've got news of it quite an exciting, I say quite an exciting, that kind of damns it with faint praise, but quite an exciting uh, competition coming up. Basically, our plan is to give away a season ticket. Which, yeah, well, give away. If I explain that a little bit better, we're going to raffle a season ticket. Um, we think along the lines of probably a £10 entry. And, um, you know, hopefully there'll be plenty of takers. And at the very least, there'll be one season ticket to give away to a lucky winner. We did it with some um, some well, some sought-after tickets last season. I think uh, there was a Millwall ticket and the Brighton ticket we managed to, to do the same thing with. And... Well, that's the plan for a for a season ticket for next year, which would be massive, wouldn't it? Be an amazing thing to win. 
so if, go on. If, we, uh, if the raffle's done after the deadline, <coughs> price of the entry fee go up another 10%? <laughs> no, I'm sure we can uh, negotiate successfully with the club on, uh, on the, an agreed pro- uh, price for the winning ticket. So I'm sure we can do that. So, yeah, if you're interested in getting a season ticket, you think, well, obviously you can't, can't realistically pay that sort of money, but you could, you could gamble a tenner on a raffle ticket. Then, uh, then do stay tuned on that one. Um, similarly, if you you want to enter and if you win it, you're donated to someone or a charity or something like that, and then you can do that mm-hmm. as well. But um, just keep in t- you know, just keep your, your your ears peeled. I think next week we'll have full details of that. We're just trying to work out the, you know, the worst case situation if only one person enters and stuff like that. <laughs> and um, yeah, we're trying to work our way around that. So once we've got some nailed down rules, we'll let you know. But hopefully that'll be next week. If one person and, enters, they get a very cheap season ticket. Yeah, essentially, yeah, we have to pay what four hundred. <laughs> 490 pound for a season ticket It'd be um yeah that would certainly do the budget for next season so yeah <clears throat> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I sort of gave away how much money we cost us to run this show as well oops so yeah very very quickly last little bonus bit of uh extra discussion um, uh it's it's the ball boy incident it, for me it, it's almost worth not almost not worth talking about uh but quite a few papers have made a, a bit of a fuss over it um, from what I understand, uh, the initial reaction was that Jose Mourinho had run over and abused a ball boy. That was how it was reported to a lot of people. Um, from what I understand, the actual reality was that, and, and I've seen the footage since, and it does support this version of events, that uh, Jason Punchin had done what a lot of professional players have done in the past and will continue to do in the future, and just said to the ball boys, don't, you know, don't be in any real rush to give anyone the ball back when, it's, you know, when we're trying to see out a game. And the ball boys sort of dawdled a little bit, and um, the Chelsea uh, right back, whose name I can't pronounce, Ben, can you pronounce it? As Pilaquetta. Yeah, him. Uh, went running over to the. Oh, damn it. I'll get my sides wrong sometimes. He is a left back, you're right. Thanks, Albert. Is your dinner not here yet? (laughs) Not yet. Damn. Uh, So, anyway. He went running over to the to the young lad, and Mourinho, fearing another incident like the one where uh, Eden Hazard volleyed an eighteen-year-old ball boy, um, <laughs> uh, he went over to to intervene. And it, 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 you know, he did wag his finger at the the young lad, who I believe, who I believe is a, a striker in the Palace Academy, and already a legend. <laughs> and um, shall, I, shall I make the he's got great ball control joke? Yeah, but well done there. It does. That's a bit seedy as well, though. Um, <laughs> So, yeah, but it seemed to me that Mourinho sort of gave him a little bit of a hug and a smile and anyway at the end of it. So I think it was something over nothing. But go on, view. let's give you have your views, gents. Who are you asking first, me? Yeah, well, you spoke first. All right. Um, I think it got blown completely out of proportion purely because it's Jose Mourinho and he's that type of character. Nobody else w- would have done what he did. You know, he, he's he's been he's done it before. You know, sprinting down the touchline, cupping his ear, knee slides, all sorts. He's just that kind of person. I think... Personally, I think it's good for the game that, that there is a person like that. But, yeah, blown completely out of proportion. Uh, journalists are looking for stories, um, I should know. And, uh, yeah, they're, they're, they're right about it. Um, it was, you know, for to watch from the Palace end, you sort of were with the ball boy 100%. But, you know, afterwards, uh, like you say, uh, just having a word in his ear, Azpilicueta was getting quite angry with, with the ball boy. But it happens all the time. It's just not as obvious. Obviously, punching get had a little word in his ear, but... You know, in the past, ball boys have been trained to hold the ball when the team are one 0 up. You know, it, it's what happens in in Premier League football, not even just Premier League, all leagues really. You know, if a team's winning, the ball boy's going to take a little bit longer to get the ball. It's just what happens. But 
Yeah, uh, I like Mourinho, and I think he, you know, a little bit about him. He he was really he had a lot of class after the game. Apparently, he went into the, the Palace dressing room, congratulated yeah. the whole team. So, yeah, uh, I'm not too bothered that Mourinho did that, and I thought it was blown out of proportion. Mm. Uh, Ben's pretty much said everything, Albert. But uh, any further yeah, opinion? Yeah. No. And- no, you could have nothing further to add at all. No, yeah, it, was, it's, it is. It's a complete non-event, and um, you know, you don't, I don't want to give any team an excuse, you know, to say that you know we we won by unfair means. Um, mm. And surprisingly, Mourinho didn't do that. He was very magnanimous, and um, you know, credit to him for giving us credit. Does that make yeah. any sense? <laughs> It'll do at this time of the show. That will do as a phrase. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I agree totally. I, I think. As much, even if you want to hate Mourinho, it's very hard to do so. I, I, re- I really like him. I think he's not only a terrific manager. I think he's one of the few people with genuine personality who makes football interesting and makes it a, a better, you know, a better game to follow. And you know, he, he can't say any more than he has said about Palace in any nicer way. He really has been nothing but, you know, complimentary to our supporters and and to our manager. And, yeah, exactly. Uh, so, top man, um, and yeah, unfortunate incident the way the way it perhaps was viewed, but blown out of proportion. I'm sure the the lad himself is delighted he got to interact with Mourinho on the touchline and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, he was I'm buzzing. Sure. He was smiling yeah. his face off. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Good lad. So, yeah, something over nothing, and and certainly. You, if anything sort of adds to the legendary status of that win so anyway the, thank you so much for listening and thank you to obviously to Edlang uh, Gadiora for his time as well hope you enjoyed that interview we we certainly did it was all a bit rushed but it, it was no less quality for it and what a top bloke as well uh, yep so we're back next Sunday at 8pm speak to you then bye Homesdale Radio is proudly sponsored by CompleteSigns.co.uk. Complete Signs are a producer of top quality internal and external signs for an ever-expanding portfolio of clients, including hotels, schools, local authorities and small businesses across the nation. Offering a wide range of creative solutions from flat metal nameplates to neon fascia signs and everything in between. Clients are offered the highest standards in consultation and sales support to ensure complete customer satisfaction. With clients free to choose solutions from a wide variety of materials including brass aluminium stainless steel wood and a number of plastics covering most of south england with virtual offices in croydon epsom hawley worcester park in surrey crowthorne in berkshire regent street west london docklands east london and crawley in brighton in sussex so if you're looking for the complete professional service for your sign needs then look no further than complete signs head to their website complete signs.co.uk for further information it's the 90th minute all your mates around you've got your mcnugget share boxes ready to go your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget snatching all three points perfect order mcdelivery now on the mcdonald's app you in at participating restaurants 18 plus serving times delivery fee and terms apply see mcdonald's.com 
A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport, powered by fans.